Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. How many have had a Grizzly family, a Griswold family vacation of some sort? At some point in your life, you've had that type of vacation, right? Uh, my family just got back from a vacation and some time away, and uh, there were moments of Griswold family vacation moments. We had a chance to head to Wisconsin, and obviously we know that Wisconsin has great cheese, right? But one of the things that I didn't know about Wisconsin is that they have multiple miles and miles and miles of ATV trails, and that that's a a thing that people do. And so to surprise my husband and my son, who is six, I signed them up for a four-hour block to go ATVing. I know what you're thinking. God, I'm such a great wife and a really good mom. (laughs) You're right. You're right. So we uh, went, and as we're getting ready, you can see that they're getting their helmets on, and they're getting all prepared, and the rental place, the person, the instructor comes out and is giving all these instructions. I mean, it's like 30 minutes worth of instructions, and telling Kyle some things to do and not to do, and some things to look out for. And then she goes to Ian's side, the passenger side, and when you sit in the passenger side, there's these two bars. It's like, a, yeah, these handlebars that you have to hang on to. It comes out from the dashboard and you, and you hang on to them. And so he was being instructed that you need to sit right there, you can't move, and your hands have to be on this bar. My son is already a very cautious, person, and if you tell him the rules, he's going to follow the rules, okay? So that's kind of his personality. Well, she continues on, and he's six, so just wait for it. He, she continues on, and she begins to tell him, now, you have to make sure that your hands stay on this, on these bars, because last week, we had a 12-year-old girl who put her hand on the outside bar, and her dad turned the ATV, and she lost her fingers. Super tragic, right? Uh, probably didn't need to say that to my son, because now he's freaking out. And Kyle tells me later, like throughout the whole trip, he's like, Dad, I got my hands on the thing. I'm good. I got my hands right where they need to be. I'm good. And so... Okay, they go off on their three hours and it's like they go through all these, these major puddles and they get full of mud and they're having fun. Well, about three hours in, I receive a phone call and I can tell that Kyle's on speaker and he says, hey. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's the trip going? And then I hear Ian say, mom, we got stuck. And I was like, oh man, like how long have you been stuck? Are you still stuck? Are you okay? Like thinking, well, that really stinks because you're wasting time. You're supposed to be having fun and you got stuck. And uh, what, how Kyle explained it was he said, well, when we first got going, there was another ATV that came rushing by us and they told me, watch out for that puddle area in front of that we just passed because we almost got stuck. And Kyle says, we went through it and it was so easy. 
And so then he says, this, this other one, this bigger one, I thought, well, if I just go fast enough, I will make it through. Take a look at what happened. <laughs> what Kyle didn't see is that one side of this trail was really deep and the other side was a little more shallow. And so when he chose to go right through the middle, he literally got stuck in a rut. And he tried to get himself out and the wheels were spinning. He couldn't get himself out. There was nothing that he could do to get himself out. They had to get pulled out by somebody who lived in the area because we didn't want to pay the $200 for the rental company to come get them. So they just waited until some kind people came along and had a tow rope and got them out. And what this is though, and what this is a picture of for all of us is, have you ever been there? Have you ever been stuck in a rut in life? Like, have you ever been in a spot where you are moving so fast. Things are moving so quickly in your life that you think, if I just move a little faster tomorrow, I can get through it and then it'll be okay. Have you ever had that thought in your mind where you have just been spinning your wheels and you have felt just completely stuck? and you just can't get out, and you keep repeating the same patterns over and over in your life. I have been there. I have been there. Uh, my personality type and the way that God has made me, I am like a full speed ahead, keep moving, do it faster, this high sense of urgency all the time, like I'm the driver of the ATV in life, and my foot is on the gas pedal. That is the way that I love to live my life. But here's the thing, I've learned some things from God. I've learned some things of how to have some healthy rhythms of rest and healthy rhythms in my life. And if we're all honest, we would agree that we live in the fastest paced decade in all of history, right? Because of the internet and because of what we have access to, it's like this instant gratification. We want things right now. That's why Instapots was a thing and all the other things that are instant because we can't wait. We don't know how to have patience. You know, like even currently right now, high school students, it's like a thing. And it's not a bad thing uh, to take college courses while you're in high school. I took some when I was in high school. But it's like all, the, all these high school students want to like complete college before they even get to college. And again, that's not a bad thing, but what happened to this idea of like part of college, if you choose to go to college, is to experience it. Is to not just get something done and check it off the box, but to actually like live through it and experience it. Um, and what happens is you and I, we trick ourselves into believing if I could just have a couple more days off, then I'll be better. If I could just rest a little longer, if I could get some more sleep, I'll be less tired and I'll have more energy. 
Back a few years ago, while I was going to seminary to get my master's degree in ministry leadership, I was working full-time here at Prairie Heights, so I was working in full-time ministry. Uh, at that time, our son Ian was one, and so that required a lot of, of care uh, and time and all of that uh, with him during that stage of his life, and I was taking about two to three classes every semester. And time was not a luxury. I didn't have any space for anything. And I remember different people or different times in that um, my husband would notice and he would try to say things and it was like, you should try to slow down. And I'm like, slow down? What do you mean slow down? If I slow down, then I'm behind. I can't slow down. So it was just this fast pace season to get everything done. And what I learned in one of my classes that stood with me, and I'm so thankful that during seminary, I was given this opportunity to learn this idea about rhythms, about having healthy rhythms in our life. And the definition of a rhythm is, a rhythm means a strong, regular, repeated pattern. And I started to learn about what these rhythms could look like in my life. And so for all of us to understand this idea of rhythms, I've asked James, who is our drummer today, to come on out. And so come on out, James. There he is. He's ready to go. All right. So this is an audience participation. This is an online participation. If you are with people, this is a competition. If you are by yourself, this is a competition. So we are all in this together. What James is gonna do is he's gonna play a rhythm. He's gonna play a beat and a pattern, and our challenge is to align with his rhythm and his pattern. You think we can do it? You think we can do it? The optimists in the room are like, yeah, we got it, and the pastors are like, this is so stupid. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna do this all together. So James, hit it. nice and natural and easy, and whether you've heard it or not, which many of us have heard that rhythm before, we knew how to follow along with the rhythm. I love that so much, so let's do it one more time. Okay, we're just going to spend 30 more seconds doing that. Okay, James, hit it again. Okay, that's enough, James. Thank you so much. Did you catch that? When he began to get out of rhythm, what did it do to you? It was hard to follow, right? And towards the end, what's going to happen? You're just going to give up. You're not going to try to pick up on the pattern or the rhythm. But when we were in step, when we were with the rhythm, there was something peaceful about that right? And that's this whole idea. And that's what I want to talk about today is we need to create healthy rhythms in our life that really give us rest and not just physical rest, but really like rest for our soul. 
emotional rest, mental rest, rest in all areas of our life, that when we experience that kind of rest in our soul, we can be fully alive. We can be present. We can be engaged with our life. And when we do that, we really get to live out the type of rest that God wants for us when we create some healthy rhythms. I have been so convicted in this area. I have been so challenged in this area of rest and rhythms. It is hard for me to slow down. So when I share this today, I want you to know this has been a constant learning curve for me. And Jesus is meeting me in every step of that. And over the past several years, I have learned a lot about setting some healthy rhythms. And I've screwed it up sometimes and I keep learning. But I wanna tell you, uh, with rhythms in place for our mind and body, we get rest for our soul. That's what today is all about. With rhythms in place for our mind and our body, we can have rest for our soul. And real rest. Rest that really helps us be fully alive. And so I've got three convictions about rest and rhythms today. The first one, rest is a spiritual need, not a selfish desire. Rest is a spiritual need, not a selfish desire. We often think of rest as like this reward from hard work. Like I'm going to work really hard and then I can go to bed early or I don't have to stay up till 2 a.m. doing my homework because uh, I did it earlier and so I'll get more rest. It's like it's this reward system, like if this, then this. And that's not how God desired rest. That's not God's vision for all of us for this area of rest. Sometimes we can feel ashamed or guilty to ask for rest and to ask for what's restful for us. But did you know that God made us to rest? And when we can have the rest that God intended us to have, it makes us whole. It makes us whole. We get a very clear picture of why we need both rest and rhythms from the very beginning of the Bible, the very beginning in creation. Right at the beginning in Genesis is as God created the heavens and the earth, the light, the sky, the land, day, night, animals, vegetation. He created mankind. And then we read in Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. Say that with me. So he what? He rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And let's just understand this concept. God is God. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is our creator. He's the Lord of our life. He doesn't need rest. He's God. But what did he do? He chose rest. God, in his all-knowing power, in his power to create, he chose rest on the seventh day. 
And that's an example for all of us. And it shows us that it is appropriate and it is right for us to rest. In Exodus 31, 17, it says, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day, he stopped working. And then get this, it says, and was refreshed. God himself was refreshed in that rest. And this rest that God models for us, it isn't meant to be a luxury, but rather a necessity that this kind of rest that you and I can find, this type of rest for our soul, it's actually a sign of growth and maturity. You and I, we can grow in our walk with Jesus when we learn to have these healthy rhythms and find this rest for our soul that is really peaceful. And what happens is, without us even knowing it, and what I found out in my own walk, is as I begin to create some healthy rhythms in my life, and I begin to set aside time, where I spend time with God and I rest, and I'm at peace, and I pause, and I have a little white space, when I have those moments in my life, what I find out is all of a sudden what I'm trying to control and when I'm trying to rely on me, I can give over to God and I can rely more on him. And I give him a chance to be the true leader of my life. And that kind of rest that God models for us, it, it just gives us rest for our soul. And so I have a little challenge for the control freaks in the room. Uh, it's okay, like I can be that at times, all right? And if you are one, you just need to admit it because guess what? Everybody around you knows it, whether you admit it or not. So just claim it, just own it. <laughs> and if you are that way, here's what I wanna challenge us all with. Can you trust God with his six? And what I mean by six, we were just talking about days, he created in six days. He rested on the seventh. Can you trust God with his six versus your seven? And now for you, that doesn't mean, need to mean specifically days. It can mean other things. But what are the things in your life that you're hanging on to, that you're trying to control, that you're trying to manipulate and make sure that they go the way you want them to go? What are the things that you feel like, oh, if I don't do this, then it's not gonna turn out whatever. Can you trust God with blank versus your blank? This whole idea of saying, God, I, I, I'm not gonna try to hang on to it. God, you've got it, I rely more on you. When we find rest in our soul, it gives us the opportunity to rely more on God. One of the other things that my husband Kyle and I did while we were on vacation is we really got into the Olympic trials. Who else is excited for Summer Olympics? We waited a whole extra year for them and I'm pumped, we can't wait. So what I found was a story and we dug into this story about Trayvon Bromel and he is a sprinter in the 100 meter dash and his story begins uh, in the third grade. He grew up in poverty in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
And in the third grade, he had a dream to go to the Olympics and be an Olympic runner. And throughout middle school and high school, he had many injuries. He had like two knee surgeries, a hip surgery, an arm that was broken. He had multiple surgeries. And so his body, his physical body, was not always in a place where it was fully working and fully at a pace and a place that it needed to be for athletics. He went to Baylor and he competed there in college. And then in the Rio Olympics, he qualified for Rio. But understand this, as I learned more about his story, when he qualified for Rio, he had a major, major injury in his Achilles heel. And what he stated in, in one of the stories that was written about him, he specifically said, the people around me and myself agreed that whatever we needed to do to numb the pain so I could run at the Olympics, we would do. And sure enough, he went to the Olympics and he ran the 100 meter dash and then he was in the four by one and he was the anchor in the four by one. And when he ended the race at Rio, he uh, in order to try to win, he pummeled himself across the finish line at the end of the race. And when he did that, it bursted his Achilles heel. And he had to be wheelchaired off the track that day. He spent the next two to three years in physical recovery from that injury. Many times he wanted to quit Many times his doctors and medical staff told him, you are not gonna be able to run again in the way that you know how to run. There's no way you will ever be able to go to the Olympics again physically. Trayvon has shared his faith and has been very open about his faith throughout his life. And so sure enough, at the Olympic trials, getting ready for Tokyo, Trayvon comes in and you're gonna see in just a moment, he's wearing a white tank top and he ranks in the top seven currently of the fastest men of all time. Go ahead and take a look at what happened at the Olympic trials this year. Fastest man in the world in 2021, Trayvon Bromel. you had the world lead all year long. How do you hold on to that and live up to the moment to punch your ticket to the games? God is real. That's my only answer. That's your only answer? That's my only answer. All right. Are you looking forward to facing the rest of the world when you get to Tokyo? Whatever guy got in his place. All righty. What he said at the end there is he said, whatever God has in his plans. And I can imagine through the many years of training and his dream to be an Olympic gold medalist, which he has not attained yet. He's coming into the trials being the fastest man. How easy would it be for him to rely on himself and to even say like, yep, I'm going for the gold. And I'm not saying he shouldn't, because he is, and he should want to humanly desire to go after the gold because of his physical talent. But we heard Trayvon say, Whatever God has planned. Whatever God has planned. I heard him say, my physical talent has limitations. 
And I understand that because of the story that's written, been written in my life. And so I'm not gonna fully control and I'm not gonna fully count on my physical ability, I'm gonna count on Jesus. And I believe that he is at that place, different than he was at Rio, when he was doing everything he could. He said, numb the pain so I can get through it, so I can make it happen. And because of the trials that he went through, now he's at a place where he is saying, whatever God has planned. God helped him. <laughs> release his control. And I believe he did that through recovery and rest. Through recovery and rest, and that's what happens in our lives. When we don't have healthy rhythms and we don't have rest in our soul, we try to control everything. And the first conviction is rest is a spiritual need, it's not a selfish desire. We have to find time for rest and rest for our soul. The second one is to create rhythms of rest to avoid exhaustion. We, you and I need to create rhythms of rest to avoid exhaustion. We've gotta have rhythms in place before we hit exhaustion. We've gotta have the we will rock you pattern <laughs> in our life so that we have a pattern that we can anticipate, that we can follow a rhythm that we can walk out to avoid exhaustion. The best place for us to learn more about this is from Jesus. He was so good about creating rhythms. He was creating patterns, and he was so good about that. So in Mark 6, chapter 6, we find out that the disciples were doing a bunch of ministry. They were out, and they were helping people and they were effectively reaching people and sharing about Jesus. And here's what we read in Mark verse 30, and then we're gonna dig into verse 31. Mark chapter six, verse 30 says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And I can just imagine being a follower of Jesus and being like, hey Jesus, guess what? Here's what happened, and here's what happened, and here's what happened when we did this, and here's what happened. And I can imagine that there's some excitement there but also what we find out is there was a little bit of exhaustion too. In verse 31 it says, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Said another way in another translation, in Mark 6, 31 it says, then Jesus said, to the apostles, to the disciples. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. And here's what Jesus knew. When the disciples were physically and mentally exhausted, too busy to even attend to their own physical needs, it was time to withdraw and to rest. Jesus knew that spending time with God was critically important to his ministry, that they needed periodic times of rest and renewal. And because Jesus was so clear on his call and what God was calling him to do, other people's agenda did not define Jesus' rhythms. We read so often moments where Jesus got up early in the morning and he went off to be by himself. Moments where 
everybody else was in a hizzy and it was chaotic and they would come to him with like all this emotion and they would, they would try to catch him in a conversation and, and get him defensive and he would just be at peace <laughs> and he would just be present and engaged with them. See, we all have rhythms in our lives and when we intentionally choose our rhythms, when we intentionally choose those rhythms and live them out, that's when we're at our best. That is when we are at our absolute best, when we create the rhythms and the patterns and we've gotta have a rhythm where we're spending time with Jesus and it can be quiet time and you don't have to be afraid of that time. When's the last time for you that you just sat still? That you just sat in silence, in quiet, and you were able to find out what's going on inside of you. You were able to at least be a little bit aware of maybe what's going on deep in your soul. You could reflect and find out if there's any tension that's going on in your soul. But so often we don't wanna know what that is and so we just keep moving. Because if we just keep moving, then it'll get better. And here's the thing, if you get quiet and you find out that you're not okay, it's okay. That's part of the point of getting quiet because it's good for you to know <laughs> if you're not okay on the inside. And guess what, Jesus wants to meet you right there in it. He wants to hold you in that he wants to cover you in that. He wants to help you find rest in that space. But what happens is the third conviction. Overcommitment kills our opportunity for rest. Overcommitment kills our opportunity for rest. When we overcommit, when we don't set priorities or when we don't have any margin in our schedule, we find ourselves in this perpetual cycle of life and work that can become so overly exhausting mentally, physically, emotionally. And we just keep going and going and going in this cycle. How many people have seen the show Yes to the Dress? Have you seen, uh, I think it's on TLC still, saying yes to the dress, you're gonna get, uh, get married and um, you go to a store and you look at all these dresses and then the bride chooses a dress and says yes to one dress. Some people choose two dresses because they got to have one for the ceremony and one for the party. <laughs> but the most they get is two dresses. What would it look like if in your life you picked every area of your life and you kind of mapped out all the options and all the things that you're committed to and you could only pick one? You could only pick one yes. What if you just looked at that and you could only pick one yes, maybe two yeses, and you committed full-heartedly to the top one or two that you knew that were gonna add value to your life, that were gonna help you be fully alive in your walk with Jesus. See, Jesus was never in a hurry. We never read about a time where Jesus was in a rush or in a hurry. He was so engaged with people he was emotionally present. He was spiritually present. So much so that there were times that 
specifically one time he was walking along a road and a huge crowd was with him and he was wearing a cloak and from behind him a lady touched his cloak and he turned around because he was engaged and he was present. How much do we miss in life because we are so distracted? And how many times can we be physically present but we are not there? Mentally or emotionally, we are checked out. And when we create healthy rhythms in our life, we can find rest for our soul. And then what happens is we can be fully alive in Christ. We can fully live out who God made us to be. But when we overcommit, when we're in a hurry, when we rush, we sacrifice things we don't want to sacrifice. And the things usually that we sacrifice are the things that are typically most important to us. And it kills our opportunity for rest. And so real quick, I want to give you some practical tools. And this is going to be available on our website. If you have your phone with you, you're in the room or even online, if you're watching, go ahead and shoot a picture of it real quick. Um, this is a tool for you to take and to reflect. And it's just, it's really simple and it's just ideas to get you started. It's three different areas, your soul, your mind, your body. It's talking about questions to ask yourself, healthy rhythm, rhythms, what they can be, what rest is not, and what rest can look like. So that's for you to take and to dive into and they are just ideas. Some of it honestly is from my personal experience and from my learning, because as I alluded to earlier, this is a spot that I've been really convicted. I've been really convicted of over time, and I've been challenged by. And to be honest, I'll share a story with you. It was quite a few years ago, and our family was having movie night. We were watching Madagascar 3. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. Kids movie. And I was sitting in the recliner, and there was a part of the movie where the zebra um, put on this wig, and it was a colorful, like, clown wig. And all of a sudden, the zebra began to dance and sing, and began to say, Afro Circus, Afro Circus, da 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 and there was something in me in that moment as I sat in the chair that immediately I just got up and I started dancing. And I grabbed my son, Ian, and we just started dancing. And we started dancing around the living room. We were saying, Afro Circus, Afro Circus, da 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 And we were just filled with joy. And I remember that feeling of being fully present in the moment of not thinking about anything, but just being engaged presently with what was going on in the room and being engaged with my son. And I found so much joy in that moment. The next day, I went on a coffee date with my husband, Kyle, and I completely broke down. And as I sat there with him, I looked at him with tears in my eyes and I said, I can't remember the last time I danced. I can't remember the last time I felt this free. And when I think about who God made me to be, he made me to be a woman who dances, a woman who lives freely, a spirit of fun 
and a spirit of engagement. And I remember telling him, I don't want to live like in this way, like this anymore. I got to make some changes. I've got to make some changes because I want more joy. I want more rest for my soul. And from that day, again, I do, this is a hard area for me. But I've worked to make some changes in my life. To have moments where I meet with Jesus. Where I have quiet time where I can give Jesus everything that I have to give and offer him and let him know about that he already knows about. <laughs> and here's what I find when I walk away from that quiet time with Jesus. I find that I don't have to carry it alone, whatever might be going on. And I find that God reminds me in those moments who he made me to be. And when I walk away from that time with Jesus, I'm confident in who God made me to be. And I can show up in all the ways that God has created me with the people that I love and in the work that I do. And I want that same thing for all of us. I want us all to have that kind of rest in our soul, not in a perfect way. It doesn't change our outside circumstances, and that's the point is it's important for us to know what's going on on the inside. And so as we close today, I have a promise for you, and it comes from Scripture. It comes from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And this is Jesus talking. And this is, this is God's promise for you. And I want you to hear it wherever you're at today. And some of you might be really good at this. And maybe you're in a season where it's like, yeah, I got it. And maybe some of you, this is exactly what you needed today. So Jesus says, are you tired, worn out? And not just physical, you guys, not just physical, emotional. Are you emotionally tired? Are you mentally tired? Are you burned out on religion? Are you burned out on trying to do all the deeds? Are you burned out on, on all of the things that you think you have to do to earn your way to Jesus. There is nothing you can do to earn God's love. It is a free gift. He, Jesus is saying, are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Jesus says to you and me, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Then he says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Do you hear that? He says, learn the unforced rhythms. Jesus is saying, when you come and meet with me, I will help you find rhythms that are so natural that help you if you're feeling shame, that help you if you have sinned that help you when you don't know what to do. Jesus says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When's the last time you felt free and you felt light and you just showed up wherever you are, 
with whoever you're with and you just showed up totally you, all of you, all of God, who God made you to be, that you were free to dance, that your load felt light regardless of the circumstance you faced. Jesus wants to be in it with us. He wants to give us rest for our soul. And when we create those rhythms, Jesus is right there waiting to help us find that kind of rest. Let's pray. God, I love you. We love you. Jesus, we want to learn how to have that kind of rest. And God, I pray right now for the souls in this room. I pray, God, that you would expose. God, would you expose and would you convict all of us in this area? And I know you, God, and and you've done it for me and you do it in the most loving way. And so, God, would you help us to get to know you even more and to find peace and to find joy when we find rest with you. God, we pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.